Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Amen. People to be careful. In the book of Joshua, chapter number eight. Beginning at verse one. Then the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid. Do not, do not be dismayed. Take the whole army. Take the whole army with you. Go up against, go up and attack I. For I have delivered into your hands the king of I, his people, his city, and his land. You should do to I and his king as you did to Jericho and its king, except that you may carry off their plunder and livestock for yourselves. Set an ambush behind the city. And it goes on to explain everything that, that God instructs Joshua to do and from God's leading what Joshua instructs the people to do. I want to talk about a new beginning. A new beginning. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void. It accomplishes all that you desire. And you prosper the word, prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word will accomplish in our lives. Thank you, Father. Grant a fresh anointing of your spirit upon me that I might minister under your anointing. Through your anointing, thank you, Lord, that yokes are destroyed and burdens are removed. Have your way. Be glorified now. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and we thank you. Amen. 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 A new, a new beginning. Praise the name of Jesus. Uh, pray with me as I share with you uh, what the Lord has shared with me uh, this morning uh, from this passage of Scripture as we talk about a new, a new beginning. Uh, one of the things that we recognize as we study uh, the book of Joshua is that Joshua and Israel are fighting to take possession of the promised land. They're fighting. They're in warfare. They're entering. They've entered. Uh, they crossed the Jordan. first city that they encountered was the city of Jericho. And as they encountered Jericho, Jericho was a walled city. The Bible said and the King James straightly shut up. Secure. Very secure city. Now, their reputation has gone before them because the Lord has, 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 has delivered their enemies into their hands. And it's so important as we read this, as I said on, on last Sunday, and as I said, I think I said it last Sunday, definitely I think I said it on Wednesday night uh, as I taught Bible study, that when we read the scriptures, it's not just for us to marvel at what God did for Israel or for what God did for any one or two people in the Bible that we read about, but it's for us to receive instruction and help from in our situations that we're living in today, all right? 
So they're fighting to take possession of, their, of the promised land, of what God had promised them, the sovereign God. They've, they've faced Jericho, wall city, strictly shut up, strictly strongly secure, but God gave them the strategy uh, to defeat Jericho. God went before them. The walls fell down flat, the Bible says, and they conquered the city. Uh, they conquered Jericho. It was like a first fruit offering unto God, so everything had to be destroyed. Okay, it's important to understand spiritual principles. Uh, because sometimes, all of the time, when you don't understand spiritual principles, then you miss the blessings of the Lord in your life. So that, that's a spiritual principle. The first fruit uh, offering to God totally belonged to God. And, and so none of that could be taken for, uh, for, for, um, for themselves. God destroyed everything. Now, the next city is I. And this is an interesting account of Achan. Uh, as you read this account in the scriptures of how they had gone in uh, and, 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 and fought against I, and Achan took some of the possession for himself, took some stuff that, that he shouldn't have taken and buried it in his tent. So, so when, now, 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 when they got ready to go up into, um, took some possession from Jericho, so when they got ready to go fight I, they were defeated. Now, Israel knew that when God was with them, that they were going to be, be victorious. Several things happened as you read the scripture and as you understand the scripture. But, but for us, let's start out with the point that when God is for us, it doesn't matter who is against us. Amen. But we have to follow the spiritual principles. It's critical to follow the spiritual principles. And so what takes place is when they go to I, first of all, first thing that, that happens when they go uh, up there is that they receive some bad advice. You know, sometimes you can become overconfident. You know, it's so critical for us to trust God every step of the way in our lives. You know, and sometimes when God uses us uh, 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 to, to for his anointing is flowing in us and through us and we see things happening. We see miracles take place. We see people blessed. We see the sick healed. We, we, we see lame people walking. We see, we see uh, 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 just, just, just people who are down and depressed, how God may use us through a song, through a word, through, through a message to lift that person up. And, and if we're not careful, you know, the next situation that comes around, we may feel like, without even asking God, that we can do this thing. Because we, we're presumptuous and we believe that God is with us. So if we look at the scripture, you know, we see, we see uh, first of all, Joshua receiving bad advice because he sends men out and they come back with the report, well, not just a few men and I. You don't have to send the whole army up because we, we, we're capable of handling this. Let me tell you something. You're not capable of doing anything on your own. Every day you need the Lord. Every minute, every moment, every second of the day, you need the Lord. You need the Lord's strength. You need the Lord's guidance. You know, Joshua doesn't even pray to the Lord. He takes the advice of the men that he sent 
to, to spy out uh, the, the city, and they go up and they are defeated. They go up and Israel is defeated. Um, and, and, and so Joshua becomes discouraged, and he cries out to the Lord about this. Why did you bring us out? You know, sometimes I read this, and I'm wondering, why would they go? Several times the Israelites say, why did you bring us out of Egypt? I brought you out of Egypt because you needed to be out of Egypt. All right? When you're out of Egypt, you need to follow my direction. And don't be worried about when things happen and that you should have stayed in Egypt. You need to find out what's going on that made this thing happen that happened. Um, and so... Anyway, Joshua, God says to Joshua, and I read it earlier, God says to Joshua, he says, stand up. Let's see now, where was I? Yeah, let me find my, my. in verse number 10, God says to Joshua, stand up. What are you doing down on your face? God points out to Joshua, Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possession. Now, notice this is one man, but God says the whole nation has because the, the sin of, of Achan focused, made the whole nation liable. And the whole nation, they had to deal with Achan. Now, you know, thank God for grace today because all of us would be dead. Amen. Because all of us have sinned, all of us have lied, all of us have stolen. Mm. All of us at one point have taken the devoted thing. When last time you stole the tithe? Oh, I needed to pay this bill. Somebody needed help, so I took my tithe and I gave it to somebody to help them. When's the last time you took, it, took, took the devoted thing? So, we see all of this happening in Scripture, but, but God is still for his people. And that is the wonderful thing about our God. God is always for us. Now, now let, me, let me back up some. Let me back up some. Uh, I'm not really following an outline this morning. I'm prayerfully, I'm following the leading of the Holy Spirit. I was talking about the fact that they were at war. And so as we look at what we, the situation that we face today, we're in warfare. You know, the, the, the nation of Israel, as, they, as, they, as they, the Hebrew people, as they went into the promised land, they were to conquer all of their enemies before them. And then they would have rest. There came a time that they had rest, but they didn't conquer all of their enemies. Right? And those that they didn't conquer, the Bible says that they will become a thorn in their sides. So sometimes as we look at situations in our lives today, it's important for us to understand that we're in war. We're constantly in war. In the book of uh, St. Matthew, uh, chapter number 11, verse 12, uh, Jesus says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God has been subject to violence, and violent people have been raiding it. That's the New, King, New International Trans, uh, translation, the King James says, uh, suffer violence and violent, then the violent take it by force. And a lot of times we've, 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 we've interpreted that scripture a bit wrongly because we talk about the warfare that, that, that comes up against us and we got to be violent to fight against the enemy. And in a sense, that's kind of right. But when it says the violent, that violent people have been raiding it, in order for you to enter the kingdom, you have to be violent against the enemy. <laughs> 
From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. The kingdom is still suffering violence today. Where is the kingdom? When you read that scripture, you may think about, you may think about a nation. You may think about uh, even, even try to put Christians into a nation and talk about their attacks against Christianity. But where is the kingdom? The kingdom is within you. All right? The kingdom is the rule of God in your heart. So what's suffering violence? Amen? What, what, what is, is being subject to violence? It is the, it is, you are being subject to violence. The enemy is attacking you because the kingdom is God's rule in your life. And that's why we go through the things that we go through. When we got saved, we didn't drive out all of the enemy. We didn't kill everything. We didn't reject everything. And we, we, some of us, we, we bought into the Lord knows my frame. The Lord remembers I'm the well, the Lord knows my heart. You know, without fighting, without fighting against the enemy, without resisting the enemy, that we may force our way into the kingdom, that we might force ourselves to submit to the rule of God in our lives. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen just when the Lord Jesus, I believe that you're my Savior and my Lord, and then the Lord rules our hearts. We have to force our way. Paul says, I, I, I keep under my body to bring it into subjection, lest after I preach to others, I myself become a castaway. Let me tell you how you ought to know how dangerous the flesh is. You ought to know how dangerous your mind is. So you have to continue to bring this thing under subjection. Amen. You have to continually deal with those thoughts that are running in, in and out of your mind. The devil is constantly bringing up your past, making you remember this, making you remember. You, you could be singing praises to the Lord. Amen. And all of a sudden something happens. So you have to continually fight against this thing because when you got saved, you didn't reject everything. So we're in continuous warfare. Continuous warfare. And sometimes in this warfare, we are, we are stealing the devoted things. We are still lying. We are still cheating. We are still stealing. Are you understanding? Amen. The wonderful thing is, the Lord has not left us. Because God's desire for us is that we are saved and that we experience the fullness of what he has for us. You know, when I look at coronavirus, it's like warfare. You know, this thing just keeps mutating. We're in the midst of warfare. We are in, in the natural, amen, in this world today. We are in the midst of warfare, and even Christians are not dealing with this thing right. Amen. First of all, sometimes we won't repent of the evil that we've done against God by sinning against God's people. You know, you would think America, the greatest nation in the world, would have conquered this thing by now and would have helped the rest of the world deal with this virus. Could the problem be sin in our camp? In the church of the Lord Jesus Christ? We have kind of like, kind of, we kind of like sliding away from dealing with the social injustice 
that's going on in this world and all the injustices against God's people that the church participated in. And some of us will not repent. Some of us will not acknowledge our sin. And this part of the message may not necessarily be for tabernacle of praise, but other people are going to listen. And so we wonder, we're in warfare and we're not dealing with this thing effectively. We're not dealing with the sin that's in the camp. The Bible says if we confess our sins, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, we are the church of the Lord Jesus. We are the light of the world. We are the powerhouse in the world. But when the salt has lost its savor, when the salt loses its, its season and power, it's not good for anything. We've got to come back to the Lord. The church has to come back to the Lord. The church, we have to get back to really serving the Lord in spirit and in truth and worshiping him and being sincere in our worship of the Lord. And before I can worship God, I've got to love my brothers and sisters in Christ. I can't see the color of a person's skin and, 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 and uh, discriminate against them because of the color of their skin. I can't, I can't see the color of a person's skin and hate them because they don't look like me. I can't see the color of a person's skin and neglect them in need because they don't look like me. There's, there are a lot of little nuances that, that we can go through in the body of Christ the way we treat people in the world. That's against the will of God. So here we are now in the midst of this war and it keeps mutating. Keeps changing. It keeps, and, and, and now hospitalizations are going back up. People are dying again. Oh, we said we were going to have a summer of freedom. Isn't that what our president said? Without masks and without everything. It's not time yet. There's something the church needs to do. Not just one local congregation. I'm speaking of the church as a whole. I don't know how, how, how this kind of message is going to get out, but the, the, the church needs to come and do some sincere repenting, some fasting that the Lord requires, not just abstaining from food for a few days, but the fast that the Lord requires. That we repent of the way we treat people, that we repent of the way we do things in this world. We're in the Mr. Warfare. We're in the Mr. Warfare. But, 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 but I sense in my spirit, and, and, and this morning, uh, Pastor Bob called me, and he wanted to pray with me this morning, and, and there was something in that prayer that spoke to what the Lord had laid on my heart uh, to, to, to minister to you about this morning, about a new beginning, as the Lord pours out of his spirit in us. We need God to pour out of his spirit in us. We don't need a little trinkle. We need an overflow. We, we, need a, we, need a, we need a tsunami of God's spirit poured out in the body of Christ. 
But what is all of this, how does all of this deal with us? How does all of this deal with us? You see, there are still some of us who are connected to Tabernacle of Praise who are not all in. God is calling us all in. Not in and just seeing your face, but in in ministry, in and standing for righteousness and truth, in being in and shouldering our responsibilities and being our brother's keeper, being in and doing the work of ministry. God help us today. Yeah. yeah. Now, let's look at the scripture. In chapter 8, as God says to, to Joshua, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Take the whole army. Remember the advice? The advice from the men was, we don't need the whole army. We only need a few people. And some people in the church act like, I don't need to be involved. That's enough people to carry on. Pastor, you just take the faithful few and go on, and then we will enjoy the benefits of it. But we need the whole army. We need the whole army praying. We need the whole army equipped for battle. Everybody who feels like you have something else to do on Tuesday night when we have prayer, you're not in. Everybody who feels like you have something else to do on Wednesday night when we have Bible study, Thursday when we have Bible study, Sunday afternoon for the teenagers, you, you got something else to do, you're not paying attention, you're not reading, you're not studying, you're not in. We need the whole army in. You know, you have to make time for the Lord because if you don't make time for the Lord, the devil will use up all of your time. You'll always have something else to do. Always. Always. You know, this might sound carnal, but sometimes I feel like I just need to take a break. I need to miss this call. I need to miss that meeting. Now, I won't be like that lady who said when she got mad at her, her congregation, she just wouldn't go to church. I won't do that. At least I'll call somebody and say, preach. <laughs> but you know, sometimes you're, 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 you're trying to encourage this person. You're trying to encourage that person. You're praying for that person. Even people who you don't see. You don't hear from. You're praying for them. You know, you're, you're, you're looking for a word to give to the congregation that's going to be instructive, that's going to build up, that's going to be encouraging. But you have the faithful few that you keep on encouraging. We need everybody in. God said, take the whole army. There's an enemy that you need to defeat. And you're not going to do it under your own strength, nor will you do it in your own wisdom. Now, the wonderful thing about Joshua was he had command of the army. In the church today, we don't really have command of people who don't submit to the leadership. You go to the Jehovah Witnesses, you're going to go to that teaching. You go to that meetings. You go to the Muslims, you're going to be faithful. You're going to go. You're going to, no, we don't have that same situation set up in the church. Because people feel like I'm free. I'm my own person. I can do what I want to do when I want to do. So if I don't want to go, I don't have to go. 
If I don't want to read, I don't have to read. I don't like reading anyway. <sighs> I'm not going to be before you long. I'll be finished in a few minutes. Take the whole army with you. Go up and attack I. So this time around, Joshua receives God's instruction. And God's instruction is take the entire army. Now, Ai, or I, I used to pronounce it, I don't know how you pronounce it. I, <laughs> I means place of ruin. Okay? Place of ruin. So I, this, this, this battle against I, Satan intended to ruin Israel. That was his intent. And you got to realize that you, as you go up against the eyes in your life, and there are going to be many, Satan intends to ruin you. But as I was reading a bit further in verse number 8, uh, it says, all right, verse number 9, then Joshua sent them off, and they went to the place of ambush and lay in wait between Bethel and Ai to the west of Ai. But Joshua spent that night with the people. Another place it mentions between Bethel and Ai. Ai is a place of ruin. Bethel is the house of God. That's what it means. So Joshua receives God's strategy. And part of God's strategy was to go into the valley between the the house of God, and the place of ruin. So right now, some of us, we're in the house of God. Not necessarily the physical house, but spiritual house. The place of ruin is there. The battle is going to take place between the two. But God has given the strategy. And God is going to give the victory. For people who will follow his direction. Let me back up to Achan. Mention and follow in God's direction. They had to deal with Achan. They had to deal with sin in the camp. You know what they had to do to Achan? They had to destroy him and his household. Lord God, thank you for Jesus. That's what I meant earlier about all of us would be dead. We would have to destroy whole houses. Who would be left? Thank God for Jesus. But you still have to deal with the sin that's in the camp. Because now God has taken us to a new beginning. God has taken us to a place where we can start over again. God did not leave us at the place of ruin. God will not leave us at this place with this virus in this world, this pandemic. God is preparing us to go to a new beginning. But that new beginning has to be doing it his way. Oh, that people will begin to hear God. I said to, said to us a few weeks ago that a lot of people are missing the point of what being a part of the body of Christ is all about. You're looking at individuals and you're seeing imperfect people. You're seeing people make mistakes. You're seeing people offend you, but you're forgetting that it is not about me or you. This is about Christ and his kingdom. Who has not been offended in church? Who has not been hurt in the body of Christ? But you don't give up. You don't walk away. Because it's not about you being offended. 
iron sharpens iron. And sometimes when two pieces of metal hit together, they cause sparks. You don't walk away. You don't get out of the army. You don't resign from the process. You stay there because this is about Christ and his kingdom. And when, 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 when Jesus rules in your heart, you can't give up. You can't walk away. Some things you got to suck up, as we say in the world. Just suck it up. It might be hard, but suck it up. You know, you know because... Even if you've never offended anybody, keep on living. You're going to offend somebody. You're going to hurt someone. You may not intend to. Sometimes you do things, and you know, you, 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 where did that come from? Why did I do that? It wasn't your intention to do it. The word come out of your mouth, you didn't intend to say. And people are offended by it. When you didn't mean any offense at all, but they take it as offense. But keep on living. You're going to do the same thing one day. So we got to give each other grace. And we got to keep pressing forward. Because this is not about us. This is about the kingdom of the almighty God. That has to be advanced in the earth realm. Jesus said offenses will come. They're going to come. Woe to the one who brings the fence. But it talks about the root of bitterness. That will rise up in you if you don't deal with that offense properly. And that's what happened to a lot of people. They, they, a root of bitterness rise up in them. I'm mad at you. I'm bitter. I don't have anything else to do with you because of what you did. Keep on living now. Keep on living. You better learn how to forgive. You better learn how to let go. Because God is not mocked. Whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Mm, keep on living. Keep on living. You're going to want forgiveness one day. Mm, Lord, have, you're going to need forgiveness one day. Mm, mm, keep on living. We're, we're, in, we're in the midst of war. And this coronavirus is just, a, just, a, just a, a, a symptom of the real problem that's going on in the world. Real problem that's going on in the world is people are rejecting God. They're rejecting God right and left. You look, now we got coronavirus. Now we got, we got, we got the wildfires that, that, that covers, is it almost one-fourth of the United States? And then we got the heat wave that's going through the middle of the country. And then we got flooding going on in other places of the world. People don't want to say that this is a result of man's sin. Oh, I love the teaching last, in the last lesson talking about uh, 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 nature and the natural course of things, laws of nature. There's no such thing as laws of nature. There are laws of God. And we got to begin to go back and recognize God. Amen. And call God who he is and call things in the world as they are. When you read the Bible, when catastrophic storms came, it was God behind the storm to punish the people for their sins or to make them aware that he is yet God. God is behind this. God is moving in the land because people, think about what's happening in the world around us. Folk are rejecting Jesus. You can't have God without Jesus. You can't have the Holy Ghost without Jesus. Amen. 
You want, you, want, you want all spiritual things and you're searching for spiritual things, amen, through your horoscope and, 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 and through soothsaying and through all of these other witchcraft things. You want the spiritual without the Holy Spirit. And you get led astray. We are in warfare. And it's time to go back to God and seek God for his divine strategies. Joshua and Israel did not win until they sought God for his strategies. God told them what to do. God said, take all of the army. God gave Joshua wisdom to set up an ambush against I. It was camp in the valley between the house of God and the house of ruin to set part of the army on the north side and part of the army on the west side because God was getting ready to move. Let me tell you, God can see what we can't see. God knows what we don't know. God knew that when they camped in the valley and the people in the city saw them in the valley, they had routed them before and defeated them before. They thought they could do it again. But God was in charge. Oh, I don't know how this message is coming across, but I sense in my spirit that God says when we begin to do things his way, yeah, the devil is going to think he's winning. You know, part of doing things his way is for people to come back to worship. (laughs) Because you know what? You ain't really worshiping at home. I told y'all before, some people at home, they're still in the bed watching the broadcast, they're washing dishes, they're sweeping the floor, got the phone on, that's how I talk about their worship. You don't worship God when you're distracted. You don't worship God doing other things. Amen. If you're going to worship God, you need to give him his, your entire attention. On the prayer call, doing other things. You're listening to the prayer. You're supposed to be praying. You're supposed to be engaging. Hey, worship. Even if you're in the sanctuary and you're playing games on your phone or you're you're doing something else on your phone or your mind is on the football game or your mind is on going to the park or, or the party you had last night, that's not worship. God deserves our attention. God deserves our entire attention if we're going to worship him. True worship is in spirit and in truth. God help us. God help us. Got to go back. We got to go back. We got to do things God's way. Israel didn't win, and they did it until they did it God's way. And guess what God said? Now, when they conquered Jericho, God says, don't take anything. Those things are devoted to me. They're first fruit offering. This is the first city you'll conquer when you cross the Jordan. It belongs to me. He said, now when you conquer, I take the plunder. Take the plunder. You see, now a lot of times we're worried about what we're not going to have if we bring the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse. We're worried about how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Some of us, when we get ready to go on vacation, we start saving up money. We don't save. We include the tithe in our vacation spending. I'll pay it back later. And later never comes. Hmm. You know, you know I, one of the good things about being a pastor, you get a chance to see stuff. 
So when you look at tithes and offerings, very seldom you see double up. Have you been tithing $100 and didn't you miss? Sometime or another that month, I ought to see $200 on the sheet or on GiveLify or on PayPal. Sometimes if you've been missing, that's not true worship. God says, take the plunder. You're worried about what you don't have. If you trust God, God says, I'm going to make sure you're taken care of. Achan didn't have to steal anything. All he had to do was wait on God. Listen, just wait on God. God will supply all your need. Saints, just learn to wait on him. He will supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So be faithful in the things of God and follow God's strategies. God wants to give you a new beginning. One of the things that God, that the nation of Israel had, they had a leader named Joshua. Joshua meant God is salvation. I'm almost done. Every time they called Joshua's name, they were hearing God is salvation. God is salvation. God is salvation. Now, I'm not going that place. My name is Alfred. My name does not mean God is salvation. Who is our leader? Jesus is our leader. Every time you call on the name of Jesus, you should be hearing, God is my Savior. Jesus. Jesus, our Emmanuel. God is with me. Every time you call his name, he's my wonderful counselor. He's my principal. Every time you call his name. How many times you call the name of Jesus, your, your foot gets stomped and you're Jesus. And you ain't thinking about he's your healer. Amen. You're using his name in vain. You, 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 you bump up against the wall, Jesus. And you ain't thinking about him being your protector, him being your healer. But every time we call his name in this army, we ought to know, we ought to remember that God is with us. Emmanuel is with us. Our Savior is with us. Our healer is with us. Our deliverer is with us. Jesus. Giving us a sign that he has never left us. He has never forsaken us. Jesus! Don't just use his name haphazardly. When you call his name, think about what his name means. You're in the midst of warfare. You need to know God is with you. You need to know God is on your side. You need to know God is working behind the scenes and then to turn things around for you. You need to know that God is working to make all things work together for good for those who love him and have a called. Jesus, God is working on my behalf. Jesus. God is my healer. Jesus, God is my peace. Jesus, God is there with me. Jesus, God is my banner of victory. Yeah. He's working on our behalf to give us a new beginning in him. All of the stuff you've been through, all of the stuff you're going through, the Lord has not left you. The Lord has not forsaken you. He wants you to experience newness in your life. You say, well, I experienced newness last year. That's not good. No, 
Baby, if I could have newness 24 hours a day, seven days, God, give me newness every 30 seconds. I'll take it. Amen. You're doing something new every 30. I'll take it, God. Amen. Every day. I'll take it, God. Whatever you want to do. How many times you want to do it. You see, God gave the Hebrew people, the Israelites, a new beginning with the defeat of I. The place of ruin. Think about it. God is with you. What you're going through, you won't be ruined. What you're dealing with, you won't be ruined. People talking about oh, the church won't be the same anymore. The church will not be ruined. Church has been attacked before. The body of Christ, believers have been attacked before. The kingdom of God suffers violence. It's been going on. Amen. Jesus says since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom has suffered violence. But the violent people press their way in. God will make you violent if you want to be so you can experience newness in his kingdom. God bless you. Hey, let's stand. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you, Lord, for prospering your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a new beginning. We see warfare around us. We see death and dying and sickness all around us. But Lord, you're with us. We see adversity. We see persecution. We see trouble. But Lord, you are with us. Wherever we've done it wrong in the past, help us to get your wisdom, to get your direction, to get your strategies. Help us to follow you so we'll get it right and experience victory at every point in our lives. Thank you, God. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So this morning, if there is anyone who would like to give your life to Jesus or rededicate your life to the Lord, you know, we, all of us go through different things in our lives. There are times when people, there are times when people just give up. You may be listening to me online today. Maybe you're one of those persons who's given up. Maybe you're one of those persons who's holding some hurt and some pain inside of you. Hurt is real. But hurt doesn't have to be the end of the story. The longer you hold on to that offense, the deeper the root of that offense grows. And the more you hurt because you won't let go. You say, how can I let go? It hurts so bad. I wonder, how did Jesus feel when they drove those nails in his hands? Spikes in his feet. Pierce him in his side. How did Jesus feel 
the human Jesus, the flesh, the man, hanging on that cross for your sin, for my sin. Did it hurt? Was it painful? When people praised him one day, and the next day you crucify him, crucify him. Did it hurt? Did it hurt when Peter said, Lord, I will never deny you? She said, before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. Oh, no, Lord. But that night, Peter, Jesus' closest, if you would say it like that, disciple, said, I never knew the man. You see, sometimes in this life, we only think about what we're going through and what it feels to us. And forget that we have a Savior who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities, who knows because he's been there. He knows the hurt. He knows the pain. He knows the lonely feelings. He knows it all. And all he asks us to do is to cast our cares on him so he can help us through whatever it is that we need to go through in our life because he knows what's out there. He knows what's going to happen when you turn your back on him. He knows what's going to happen when you fall away from the fellowship of believers. He knows. He wants you to stay. Oh, yes, the messages might get hard sometimes. may feel like the pastor is talking directly to you. But it's for your good. For your good. My daddy said to me one time, I, you know, I talk about my daddy. He said, he said, son, this is going to hurt me. When he had to whip me the many times. <laughs> this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. And I didn't understand because I felt like I was getting the licks and he was, he was swinging that belt. And that belt hurt. I didn't understand. But Daddy was saying, I don't want to whip you, but I have to do it because I love you. Because I love you. What parent would withhold discipline from their child that they really love? No good parent. No good parent. Sometimes talking doesn't do. Daddy would say sometimes, I talk to you, I talk to you, I talk to you. Talking not doing any good. Come on in this room. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, you would think what would make it worse, you know, that were, that were 11 of us, probably 10 of us at home at the same time. So daddy said, come into the room. Everybody knew. And he waited till night. Everybody knew what was in the room. So when you came out of the room, everybody was laughing. And that hurt even more. But it was for our good. It was for our good. 
We live in a society today that does not believe in discipline. You believe in a psychologist just talking to your child. You got to love your child. You got to talk. You know, you got to show compassion. You got to show mercy. But sometimes you got to go a bit further. And sometimes it's not just a whipping. No, I'm not saying that. There are other forms of discipline, but you don't withhold discipline because you love your child. So when you fall away, you're putting yourself in danger. And the Lord knows that. He knows what's out there. He has been tempted at all points like we were and like we are. He was attacked by the enemy. Remember, the Jewish people rejected him, his own people. They gave him up to die. They crucified him. Jesus knows. So even though you go through hurt and pain, and sometimes it comes from your family, sometimes it comes from your, your spiritual family, you feel, don't, don't fall away. Because it's far worse when you fall away. The price, no, the wages, what you earn, what you earn from sin is death. Spiritual death. Far worse than physical death. Y'all were paying attention Wednesday night as we talked about death of the believer. It's like going to sleep. Your body is asleep, but your spirit and your soul is still awake. Put a new twist on what death is. So Jesus is taking the sting out of death for the believer. We don't have to worry about dying anymore. But for the non-believer, for the apostate, for the person that's turned their back and rejected Jesus, there's also spiritual death. There's no second chance. In hell, you will lift up your eyes. Rededicate your life to the Lord. If you are a believer who's fallen away, start. God wants to give you a new beginning. He loves you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you feel like you can't get over. He knows what you feel, what it feels like to be broken, torn into pieces. He's there for you. There's a process, but if you will trust him. And he gave you a family of the body of Christ to help you in the process. Trust him. Rededicate your, give your life to Jesus if you're not saved. Rededicate your life to Jesus if you've fallen away. Come back to the body of Christ. You can't do this on your own. Online ministry is wonderful, but there's nothing like being connected to a body and seeing your brothers and sisters face to face. There's nothing like having a pastor that you can call anytime, day or night. You know I don't like to be called over in the night, but if you need me, you know you can call me. There's nothing 
like having your pastor's phone number. Who will watch over you and pray for you. Even when I don't feel like praying because of stuff I may be going through and dealing with in my life and I got to pray, I'm going to pray. I'm going to remember Tabernacle of Praise. I'm going to pray for you. Come back to the body. Don't stay out there. God wants to give you a new beginning. Don't be a casualty, a casualty of the war. Don't be. Come on back. Bring your children. Bring your grandchildren. Bring your nieces. Bring your nephews that the house of God will be filled. God wants to give you a new beginning. Repeat after me if you are lost and you don't know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. Dear Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I'm lost. I can't save myself. Jesus, you died on the cross for my sin. You paid the price that I owed because of sin. The price was death. You died on the cross for me. Lord Jesus, I receive the sacrifice that you made for me. Thank you for shedding your blood, for paying the price for my sin. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me from my sin. I receive you now by faith. And I thank you, Lord, that according to your word, and that's the only thing that matters, I'm saved. Thank you for my salvation. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. 
If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.